Hey, MW, it's Melissa. And Stephanie Carcace, two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk. We're so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you're investing in becoming the best version of you. And we are thrilled to be on this journey together. Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a CEO? Marissa Tarleton earned the role of CEO of one of our favorite money-saving websites and apps, Retail Me Not, with hard work, persistence, and unapologetically being herself. In this episode, Marissa shares that what corporate was is not what great cultures look like anymore, how her intention is to put the employee first, how work-life balance is choosing where you work wisely, and how to deal with emotions in the workplace and not apologize for it. This episode was recorded at the amazing offices of Retail Me Not in Austin, Texas. So things may sound just a bit different, but don't worry, MW. You'll still receive the meaningful and powerful conversations you're used to right here on the podcast. There were so many insightful moments on this episode, but here are some of our favorites. Part of my challenge has been overcoming the fact that I came from marketing, but also the fact that I have such a male-oriented culture in the tech space Mm -hmm. and that a woman could do it. One of the, I think, most important elements of a CEO is to lead. And that means you have to set a strategy, define what success looks like, and then get everybody around you inspired to go get it done. Okay, MW, the journey to getting closer to the best you starts right now. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our mentor episode in Austin. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. I'm excited to have you guys here. <laughs> Welcome to Retail Me Not. Thank Welcome you. to Austin. Thank you. The office is amazing. Thank you. Hopefully you saw the um, juice bar and the latte yes. bar and all of the yes. snacks. We can feel the company culture here. Okay, good. And it's amazing. <laughs> we take it seriously. We have well, beer, wine, pool tables. You should stay when you're done if you have time and we'll we'll give you a tour. Don't oh, tempt us. No. Yeah. <laughs> so Marissa, for the little of us that don't know too much about you, tell us a little about who you are, what you do, and your story. Oh, sure. Um, so my name is Marissa. I am the CEO of a company called Retail Me Not here in Austin. I'm a very proud former CMO, marketing leader to CEO, uh, transformation pioneer um, Mm -hmm. in the female space, in the tech space, which I love. I've been in Austin for almost 20 years, but I'm not from Texas. Um, I'm from California. I moved all over the world as a young, young girl and then um, lived in New York and worked in the advertising space and e-commerce when I was young mm-hmm. and sort of got this tech e-commerce bug at a really, really early age. And I that I knew right away that was what I needed to do. It was fast paced. Um, you're very close to the consumer. So I love consumer brands that are built online that are now more mobile than anything. Mm -hmm. And so when I got a phone call from Retail Me Not about five years ago, um, they were looking for a marketing leader. I was like, oh, I'm so in. (laughs) It's shopping. It's e-commerce. It's a strong consumer brand. And it's built on a mobile-oriented strategy, which is like totally Mm -hmm. in my wheelhouse. And I jumped at the opportunity to come here. So my story really is one of a marketing leader, taking a company that has this really strong heritage as a consumer brand in the savings space and taking it to the next level of Mm. mobile savings companion for really all consumers looking to save money while they're out and about shopping. 
Amazing. It's amazing. The, that business model is just everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. And I love, I love to be part of, one, a company culture that's almost 80% millennial that's in oh, Austin. Yeah. It's an Austin-based company. I mean, I don't know how much time you're able to spend in Austin while you're here, but it is yeah. just an amazing place to live and be so creative, so alive. And I, I just love being here and love we being a leader that. here. Yeah, we, we do. We're loving Austin. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Yes. <laughs> we all know you don't go zero to CEO overnight, right? Was it something that like as a young girl, you were like, I want to be a CEO one day? Or was it just kind of you just uh, opened yourself up to life and just let us know that journey? Sure. And I think I, I get that question a lot. And I do equate it a little bit to my upbringing. My father was a GE executive. That's why we moved overseas when I was a young girl. And he had three daughters and I was the youngest. And I felt like I was always just like aspiring to be like dad as the youngest. (laughs) And I'm I'm seven years younger than my oldest sister. So, you know, for a long time, I was the only one in the house. And so I just sort of saw my dad and my mother worked as well as these role models. And I, it never occurred to me that I actually wasn't going to be a successful leader in the business Mm -hmm. world. Like it, it, it wasn't even fathomable. So I'm not sure if it was to some extent the role models that I had or the upbringing in Asia where, you know, both men and women were, moms and dads were both working. Um, But I just always sort of saw myself going on this path towards being a successful person in the business world. So it just never occurred to me to not do that. So upon graduating from college, I went to New York, always looking for how to Um, opportunities where I could have an impact Mm -hmm. and always looking for a role that I knew would get me to something of significance. I'm not sure that CEO was really the goal. Right. Mm -hmm. Frankly, sometimes I I still kind of (laughs) chuckle that I'm here because I I, I surprised myself a little bit at at how I accomplished it um, and how how it sort of landed at my feet when I, I didn't necessarily even expect it as, as fast as it happened. I have loved it. I'm grateful for it. I feel like I've earned it, but I, it always sort of it just never occurred to me that I wouldn't be in a leadership role. Right. So I expected it. Right. I didn't fight for it. It just was a matter of determining how and, and, and when. where yeah. and when. But yeah. I even find it super interesting that you identified with your father, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think sometimes women, we kind of, when it comes to leadership, we kind of model women not Mm. in leadership roles just because that's, at least in America, kind of what we've seen, right? Right. And I think Mel mentioned before the interview started, like, women CEOs are kind of like unicorns. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of talk about the challenges you have faced in the workplace as that leadership role as a woman CEO. What were some of the challenges, if any, if you faced? Well, I think um, two things. One, I think is women have, I hate to stereotype, but there's there's a difference in leadership style mm-hmm, right. for women and men. And even a few men that work in my organization now have said to me, this has been so interesting because I've never worked for a female boss. Mm-hmm. And that, that statement almost surprises me. I'm like, well, why is it different? Should it be different? But then I'm like, well, of course it's different because right. women have a different way of relating Mm. of building relationships, of even communicating. And and again, I I don't like to stereotype, but I do feel that I had to take the first six months in my role and establish why I deserved it Mm. and how I was going to set a slightly different tone for the company 
as a female leader that came from marketing was mm-hmm. part of the gap that I also mm-hmm. had to go through. It's, it's, you know, I wasn't an engineering leader. I wasn't a strong technical leader. And we have 50%, 60% technical roles here. Mm-hmm. So I think that part of my challenge has been overcoming the fact that I came from marketing, but also the fact that I have such a male-oriented culture in the tech space mm-hmm. and that a woman could do it. Now, I will tell you, I always <laughs> pause to figure out how much of that is me imposing that on myself right. versus right. other people imposing mm-hmm. on that that on me. I have not felt it very many times where people have been surprised nor mm-hmm. judgmental. I have felt almost nothing but support. So I always try to check that. How much right. is it my own stigma? Right. Versus right. This, the opinions that I'm feeling from others. Mm. Yeah. I would love to kind of get the definition of what a CEO is. Like, what do you actually do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I make a lot of decisions. And I tell a lot of people what to do. Um, no, I think that's a great question. One of the, I think, most important elements of a CEO is to lead. And that means you have to set a strategy, define what success looks like, and then get everybody around you inspired Mm. to go get it done. Mm. And so it's not just defining the strategy and looking at scorecards and yelling at people when they miss their number, but it's getting a whole organization rallied around who we want to be and how can we get everybody together as a community to accomplish that. And I think that's one of the really interesting opportunities that female leaders Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. is that community, that we can bring everybody together as a special unique group that's bonded and especially knowing that we have so many millennials here at retail me not there's no more work versus home i mean this is one group of people that are spending i mean their friends and their husbands and wives are all here i mean wow. that's that's a that's a that's a big statement not everybody is dating everybody <laughs> here <laughs> but in the millennial i mean you right, know right. in the millennial cultures you know, there's no difference between work and home. It's one community, right? Right. And so as a female leader, I feel like we have this unique opportunity as a female CEO in particular to create a community and culture that, that builds upon that concept. I mean, whether or not it's our fun parties that we have every two weeks to the beer that we have downstairs and the pool tables Mm -hmm. to all the different things that we try to do that sort of blur the lines between work and fun Mm -hmm. to make this a place that people always want to be. Right. Right. I mean, it's a lot to say, right? Because the millennials, we do care about, I guess, I hate to use this term work-life balance because I feel like it's so (laughs) overplayed, but it's true. It's like everything sort of meshes into one world Mm -hmm. for us. How do you think as a CEO of this company, so much of that is kind of your, I guess, intention, or is it something that you have to kind of trickle down to the other departments in the company? Yeah, I think, um, so I don't believe in work-life balance at mm-hmm. all anymore. Okay. I don't know if that's a terrible thing to say. No, it's no. Real. And we will touch on that because we are interested. In <laughs> but that. I don't, I just don't believe in it. Yeah. I, I think that in my head, especially now, I mean, I love what I do. Yeah. So maybe I'm unique here, but I think more and more people pick jobs that fulfill them in a different right. way. So they won't put up with a job that they have to separate from their personal life, right? Right. And so because of that, the lines have become blurred. You never disconnect. Right. And because of that, we, you know, here and and what you see a lot through Austin, actually, is cultures where we're giving people all their meals here. We want want them to have their happy hours here. We invite the rest of the community into our Mm -hmm. offices to be part of what we're doing, whether or not it's through our diversity and inclusion events. But we don't want to separate the work Mm -hmm. from your outside work because we want to 
kind of capitalize on you as a whole human. Mm. And the fact that, you know, this is a community here and we're a family. And yes, we have expectations tied to what you get paid for. But, you know, part of you picking us as a company and Austin as a city is that we're going to accomplish, you know, how to make you happy as a whole human being. And I I feel like that's a, I'm sure that's not an Austin unique thing, but I do think it's tech unique where there's such high demand for strong talent. And you have to be looking at your needs beyond your job, but your needs around do you feel included? Do you feel like you have role models that look like you? Right. Do you feel like you're we're, we're going above and beyond for your benefits? Those are all right. really important foundational things to Austin tech companies right. and what leaders have to be thinking about. So the balance is no longer like, okay, I clocked out of work. Now I'm off. It's like including that balance within the work day. That's right. I That's mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, we, uh, we do have a lot of perks to keep people here, but <laughs> the reality is it, it is that we just want to make sure that um, this is the most comfortable place, equally comfortable to when you go home. So we have games and literally people, I I was walking downstairs at four o'clock yesterday and I saw people on PlayStations and video games. And again, I I encourage that. Um, And we have in the middle of the day events where we'll have speakers come in to talk about LGBTQA Mm -hmm. and how to feel more included. Um, We're all rallied around and investing around the Pride event in a few weeks. And that's just part of like the whole version of any employee that we think is so important to investing in our people. Right. Um, I just think that the lines can no longer be separated and people are happy if they feel like they can be their full self here and anywhere else. And I will say the bonds and the friendships that I see here are like nothing I've ever seen before. That is so amazing. Because it's not about just work, which is, I I feel like that's very old school, right? right. Where you have the scary CEO that fires everyone and everything's intense. And, you know, here, and I love that you do that, of like, Mm -hmm. play PlayStation. Why? Because creativity and everything you do in any job is so crucial. That's right. And if they can take those few minutes to just kind of, I need a break. Okay, let's jump in. That's right. You actually get the best out of your employees. So that is so amazing that you came you came up with that and encourage it and that you push it. I'm not sure I came up with it. And and again, I don't know how much of it is tech versus Austin, but you see these trends where there's no vacation policies, where you see social dynamics that are encouraged. We, you know, we have a library where you can take a nap if you really want. I mean, what corporate was is Mm. not what great cultures look like Mm. anymore. Not in Austin, not in the tech space. And I will tell you, I didn't, you know, I'm following, I'm trying to keep up. Um, But I also think that um, Austin is like, really innovative hotbed for yeah. what great cultures look like to foster both this, this dynamic of highly productive, heavy work ethic, but really balancing this work and play. Because again, mm-hmm. it's important that you look at if you're going to spend 80 hours a week, 60 yeah. hours a week with this group of people, it better be more than just getting productivity out of them. Yeah. It has to go beyond that. Absolutely. There's so many different ways I want to go here, but I want to kind of go back to women in leadership and um, kind of just get real, right? Mm-hmm. My sister and I talk about this all the time. It's like, we only have sometimes <laughs> one good week out of the month. All the other weeks, something internally is happening, hormones. It could be so many things just as a female in our anatomy, things that we go through. How have you been able to juggle that? Like emotions in the workplace, mm. like anything that, whereas men wouldn't have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's not in a negative way at all. It's just the reality of things. Sometimes we're going through things that 
men don't? And has that been a challenge for you in a leadership position? So I am moody (laughs) and I am impatient and I can be difficult and loud and bossy and I never apologize for it. Mm. I don't. I've always known this about myself. I'm incredibly aware of how difficult I can be sometimes. And I promise you, if you were to go ask 15 people <laughs> that have spent a lot of time around me, they'll reiterate and say yes. And, and there are days that I know people avoid me. Mm-hmm. And I don't apologize for it. I, I truly believe that my impatience, my drive, my emotion, my enthusiasm, and my passion are what's helped me get here. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I, you know, I'm. There are days that I go home and get mad at myself, but you have to forgive that piece of yourself. You can You have to just accept who you are and right. never apologize for it. Always be aware enough to correct it. Always be okay to apologize if mm-hmm. perhaps your mood got the best of you that day and it just wasn't your best day. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have to start with saying, like, I, I don't think you should ever apologize for having mm-hmm. an off week. We all do. Mm-hmm. And I will never, I, I, I don't, um, I'm not too hard on myself for those swings. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think is important is that you build teams around you that also support and forgive and know you for that too. Mm-hmm. Don't surround yourself with haters that right. don't understand that and love the whole version of you. Right. You can't pick friends that just like your positive side. Right. Mm. You can't pick employees that just like you when you're, you know, when you're not yelling at them. You have to build teams that kind of accept you for who you are. That's good stuff. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think that it's the same with friends, same with your spouse. You know, we are who we are and we got here because of our whole self. Mm-hmm. And, and that whole self sometimes for me is a total pain, but that, that helped me get to where I am. And um, so you just got to have to make sure that you look for the right people around you mm. that can be Tolerant, patient, respectful um, of you, and you do the same for them. That's powerful. Did what you, you ever just said. totally? Yeah. Did you ever feel like? Because I think there definitely comes a time in a woman's journey, right? Whereas I don't know if you experience this, but we kind of start beca- beginning like, I want people to like me. I want people to like me, and then there comes a point. It's like what you said. Like this is me, and I don't have to apologize. Did you ever have something like that? Was there ever a moment that you were like, no, I'm not going to apologize anymore. This is who I am. I accept myself. And that confidence kind of allowed everybody else to accept it as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I'll, I'll tell you, I still have moments of wanting to be liked. I mean, I, I'm actually, I, I come off incredibly confident. I am a whole lot less confident than I actually come off. I have moments of, man, I just wish I was more popular. Um, I I really do have that still underneath me. But in general, I will say until I hit maybe 30. I I gotta get to 30, all right? I I kept (laughs) needing that that affirmation, that positive feedback. And anytime I felt like I had a moment where I disappointed I would feel really frustrated. I would go home and say, oh, I should do, I should do better. I should try to be somebody different. Mm-hmm. I should keep working on changing who I am. And right. I think as I hit my early 30s, I, I spent a lot of time changing the conversation to be fostering and building upon your strengths versus mm-hmm. working on what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a few books I read. I'm a huge fan of that Strengths Finder quiz that you can okay. take that Ooh. says, now discover your strengths. It just helps you understand from an awareness perspective what you're good at. And the more you can build upon, find people, find careers, find opportunities that build upon your strengths, the more time, the less time you're apologizing for the mm-hmm. things that you're not good at. And the more you're thriving, doing things right. that are oriented at your inherent 
assets. And so I think it was around, I mean, I, I can tell you a few very specific experiences that I had in the corporate world where I felt like I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. Mm. And I kept hitting a wall and I was getting frustrated and other people were getting frustrated with me. And I remember blowing up and getting in trouble for blowing up. And I said, time out. No woman will put up with how you are handling this. Mm-hmm. I won't put up with it. You either take me for who I am mm-hmm. and keep putting me into leadership roles or I'll find someone that will. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember that was like this moment of, ah, I figured it out that I don't have to be who they want me to be. Right. I will be my version of myself and it'll either work here or I will find somewhere that will love that. But it took me until, you know, 30, 35 to have the confidence to, to be able to say, Mm-mm, nope, it's not going to work. Hey, MW, how inspired are you feeling from this conversation? Marissa is a powerhouse and honestly, she glows. She really does. And speaking of glowing, we want to take this moment to tell you about something that we have been currently drinking that is literally making us skip the makeup aisle. Four Sigmatic's Golden Latte Mushroom Mix is seriously making our skin glow. And now you can try it too. MW, did you know that one of the most underrated mushrooms for skin is shiitake and it has been used for centuries to support full well-being? Paired with turmeric's potential antioxidant properties, this delicious mix supports the skin where it matters. Oh, and did we mention that it's ready to drink? With some hot water or add it to your favorite smoothie, making it super easy to make an on-the-go drink that truly promotes beauty from within. Yep, this is Millennial Women Approved. Try it now by going to foursigmatic.com forward slash MWTalk and use the code MWTalk at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. We know you and your skin are going to love it. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash M-W-T-A-L-K. Okay, ladies, now let's get back into this week's conversation. Did you do any internal work? Did you do any sort of, you know, we'll be talking a lot about manifestation coaching Mm -hmm. and therapists and gratitude journals and all of these things. Did you do any internal work to get you to get to that place of saying, this is who I know exactly who I am. This is what I stand for. Did you do any of that internal work? I will tell you, I'm terrible at that type of work. I remember as a child, my mother kept begging me to go see therapists. (laughs) And I was like, no, no, I'm perfect, mom. I don't need any help. I think um, the internal work I did, I mentioned the strengths work and and some reading around sort of discovery of who you are. But the other thing that I think was most impactful, especially in my late 20s and early 30s, was I went through a series of three or four years where I was getting 360 feedback. Mm-hmm. and formal written communication of what people thought of me. Whoa. From my bosses, my peers, and my reports. And talk about alarming feedback. Wow. That was a part, of, a big part of sort of who I became is I realized, one, that I was being perceived a whole lot differently than how I perceived myself. Mm-hmm. And two, that I was projecting a version of myself that was not kind, not listening, a lot more confident than I really was, as mm. I mentioned earlier. And it helped inform me. The, f- the first time I read a 360 report, I had to put it down three or four times, and oh. I, I literally started crying. I couldn't, mm. I couldn't read it. 
Um, and then after time, you know, you just, you get used to it. Um, but it, it was really helpful in me understanding how I was perceived. Um, and it, I think it's had a significant impact to how I um, take feedback today, because I'll always have that gap, I think, of people perceiving a version of me that's a little different um, than I perceive of myself. But I think that real, honest human feedback that's written down, because people are never confident enough to tell you in person, right. is one of the most important parts of a journey around just self-awareness and inspection. Mm. That's amazing. And being open to that. Because mm-hmm. that's not that's not easy. A it's lot hard. of people would have never read it. Well, it <laughs> wasn't really by choice at the beginning. <laughs> and then eventually it was by choice. But it's very helpful. Do it. it, it and make sure it's anonymous and make sure that it's like yeah. a large enough audience size that you can, if you can get like 20 or 30, 40 people mm-hmm. to give feedback, it's really helpful. Yeah. It's super hard. And it's, you have to put your pride ego aside yeah, and really kind do. of just say this, this is going to benefit me. You really do. Yeah. That's so you mentioned that you're a mom, mm-hmm. you're a wife. How do you balance both things? Do you balance it? Do you not? Is it some days work, some days it's, fa- I mean, how do you, how do you live your life pretty much? <laughs> it's hard. I wouldn't say I balance very well. I think some days are better than others. There is nothing more important to me than my family, mm-hmm. two children, my husband. I have two dogs that I'm more attached to than I can articulate. Um, uh, so they're, they're number one for me. And I think that I've, I let go of, I think maybe five or six years ago, the need for balance. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I, I do the best I can. I just got back from almost a two-week vacation with them. Oh, nice. So my commitment to my family is when I'm with them, I'm theirs. And that's something that I haven't always done very well. I think um, until recently, I would go home and still work all mm-hmm. night. And what I've tried to do is be present, make sure that I'm focused, make sure that I'm really you know, a, a, a part of the time that I have with them is dedicated to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I take a vacation, um, yes, I'm, I'm working mm-hmm. for sure. There is no real vacation anymore, but I, you know, that's a fraction of the day and, and we have that time together. Um, I'll tell you that, um, I think that my, my children are probably among the proudest of me as anybody so in my cute. family. Um, you should, you should see my son and my daughter and the way they engage and how interested they are in what I do and the way I hear them talking about their mom, who's the CEO of this tech company that's so cool. My daughter, Charlotte, desperately wants to get a job here. She wants, <laughs> she's already asked if she can replace oh me God. when I retire at 11. Oh, um, so I'm, I'm thrilled with the role model that I'm setting for both right. of my children. I've let go of the notion of balance. They support me. They understand me. Mm-hmm. They're old enough to get it. Um, and I try to be as present as I can in each universe mm-hmm. when I'm in that universe. And, and I try to be transparent with the fact that both are very important to me and yeah. I'll do the best I can. And that's going to have to be okay. Yeah. I think that goes to, I'm sorry to clear no, up. I think okay. that goes to prove how self-aware you are, right? You're aware that yes, you have your family, but at the same time, your work makes you happy yeah. and you love what you do and your family sees that. So right. they want to celebrate you because mm-hmm. you're joyous, mm-hmm. right? So if they're like, well, mom, you know, you know, spending time or whatever, and you start to kind of deviate from what you're self-aware, from your alignment, mm-hmm. you're going to end up being unhappy, that's which right. then won't be the best version of you for your family. That's right. But that's so beautiful that your kids receive it. And I think they receive it because you inside are radiating mm-hmm. your happiness from everything that you that, do. That's kind. <laughs> they, 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 I will say they don't have, there aren't that many role models like me in mm-hmm. their community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In Austin in particular, that's an area of challenge. There aren't that many women CEOs, especially in the tech space. Yeah. So they they don't see a lot of their their friends' moms. Right. gone right. as much as I am. And right. um, so I will tell you when they were younger, it was harder. But as yeah. they get older, they're 11 and 12 now. As they get older, it gets easier and easier. 
That's yeah. okay. And We're, having a spouse too that supports that, I'm sure it's very important. Yes, yes. He also works and travels constantly. I'm very grateful to have my mother who lives in Austin, who's oh. very helpful. <laughs> um, so we have a we have an empire around us and a support system that makes it work. Otherwise, it would crumble. Yeah. That's amazing. What would you tell any woman, a millennial woman, who's trying to maybe one day be the CEO of a company, right? And um, she wants to have all the things too. What's the best piece of advice that you would give her? Hmm. That's so hard. <laughs> um, I would say a couple of things. One, come back to self-awareness and knowing what you're good at. I think a lot of people pick things that they want to do that are totally disconnected from their strengths. Mm. So come back to mm. picking something that you're good at, that you know you can really get behind, that can inspire you. I think the second thing that's so important is to then be ruthlessly brave mm. to go after it. Don't ever listen for no don't accept no. Just go do it. Don't don't even you know. Don't don't tolerate any obstacles that that come in your way. I think the last thing that's important, and it's tied to the topic of mentorship, is think about the relationships as you go because everything is temporary. Any job is temporary. Um, what's lasting is the relationships around you, mm-hmm. and and to some extent that can be mentoring or networking, but that's not really what I mean. I mean more investing in people for the long term, mm-hmm. more deeply. I'm actually not very good at superficial cosmetic chat mm-hmm. and friendships. I have smaller groups, and they're deep, mm-hmm. and that means my my network is sort of I can't go to a lot of them, but I can go to them for anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that having that dynamic of relationships is a really important part of the foundation of how you get to leadership roles too, mm-hmm. um, because you know people at a totally different level. And that allows me to, um, I think, ask for, for things and in, in return, provide mentorship in return to young women and men in that, in that same fashion. That's amazing. Marissa, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you so much. And thank you to everyone in Austin for listening. Yeah, so nice (laughs) to have you all here. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more about Marissa and save money on all your favorite brands, visit RetailMeNot.com and download the RetailMeNot app. Subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. Ladies, this helps us continue to bring you powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. Do you want free and discounted resources? Um, yes. Sign up right now to our free newsletter at wearemillennialwomen.com for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. And as always, we encourage you to continue on with the conversation keeping the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW, always love Melissa and Stephanie Karkache.